Welcome to Gain That Tune. What's going on, everybody? It's Game That Tune back in the house once again. It's your boy John Harrington here. We got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. And we got David Fleming. Say hey. Hey. And we've got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. Oh, yeah, guys. It's uh, another fantastic week here at Game That Tune. If you're just joining us for the first time, we're going to listen to some video game tunes. We've each got three songs from a game. We're going to try and guess the games based on the songs, a little bit of trivia. going to goof off, have a lot of fun, uh, talk a lot of nonsense, and the winner at the end of the night uh, gets to pick a theme for the next episode and play some extra tunes. So let's see, who was our winner last week oh yeah it was the fantastic david fleming and david what is the theme for tonight's episode um i wanted to go with a theme we've done before but it's always fun to revisit indie games hell yeah games taking place in indianapolis indiana i think it's a Uh, fantastic um, theme um john uh, oh the other kind of indie games let me stop you right there because it's not limited to the city of indianapolis anywhere in indiana right oh games featuring our hat trick sound i thought you said hindi games Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) now that's gonna be interesting (laughs) beyond Um, oasis might <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, shit, man. Aladdin, yeah. maybe? Am I, <laughs> I don't know. I love I how we've know. used this theme before, but we still find new versions of this bit. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> misunderstanding the theme is our <laughs> longest tenured bit. It's uh, something we do, <laughs> you know, I'd say, reasonably well. But yeah, indie this games. Isn't, uh, this games. isn't a bit for me, guys. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who says it's a bit? Who's who's kidding? <laughs> I, I actually chose Beyond Oasis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I you know, I love indie games. You know, the real Bollywood games. They're fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh God, Bollywood yeah. Studio would be an excellent fucking game. Yes, it would. But anyway, uh, so yeah, we got independent games. Games you know developed in. Uh, published outside the studio system. I think we got a. I think we got a pretty great show coming up tonight. Because uh, if you guys are like me, then I think we've got some games with really fantastic soundtracks that maybe there's not a whole lot to say about them. <laughs> so I think we're going to have some nice long songs and some nice short discussions about some pretty fantastic games. So, uh, you know, unless uh, Johnny's got some other uh, misunderstanding of the theme that he needs to uh, get out of the way before we start, I think it's time to jump into game one. <laughs> game one. And what's the theme?
Alright, so this game's developer showed an early unplayable version of this game at the March 2010 Game Developers Conference to little acclaim. John, look, John looks to the rest of the guys on Game That Tune to see if maybe they have the answers. That's good, John. That's pretty good. Is that like a clue or something? 
John does not want to reveal anything just yet. <laughs> oh, hell. So we have from David, not Bastion. We uh. have from Second, <laughs> we have some Jesse and John Bastion, which John will let them know that is the correct answer. John's soundboard is delayed for some reason. He knows not why. <laughs> Oh, man, I really hope you're going to narrate the rest of the show in that weird third person. Please. <laughs> oh, 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 this is good. This is very good. The kid finds himself uh, hesitant to make promises. <laughs> I should have guessed. Fuck. <laughs> Johnny finds himself reticent to commit to such an elaborate bit. <laughs> um, so Bastion... Uh... Has, uh, has John played Bastion at some point in the past? The kid bought Which the Bastion John? in a humble bundle a few years ago and has played it a little <laughs> bit. I think you can speak as yourself, it's... but then still narrate other parts of the show, John. You don't have to do the whole thing. <laughs> but I mean, it, yeah, you do you. It's all right. <laughs> it's an enjoyable game. It's very much like Diablo, but... <laughs> God, but. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a shot, man. So, yeah, it's like watercolor Diablo, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's similar. Like, I, I got uh, the same sort of feeling that Diablo evoked for me. Like, when I first played Diablo, I got a feeling sort of, of like wonder and wanting to explore and things like that. It definitely, right off the bat... <laughs> I wonder the second, about the devil. <laughs> <laughs> the second you start playing Bastion, you're presented with the story, which is that this event called the Calamity happened. You have no idea what it actually was, but the mm. world's been fucked up. And for some reason, I guess it's just because of the, the voice that's narrating, like, it really evokes a sense of, like, I gotta find out what the fuck happened here. You know, yeah. you, you guys know me. I give so little shit about stories in most games anymore. I'm just like, nah, right. just like, just, I don't know. I just want to have some blocks fall or notes fly at me or something like that. That's all I want. Yeah, you want to slash slash them up, you know? Yeah. This was a game where I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, okay. I want to see what this is about. <laughs> this is interesting. This is, I'm hooked. Now the question was, did you stay hooked? Did you finish that shit? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> no, of course not. Because <laughs> I see, I think you know, I, uh, I've never played Bastion, but a, a couple of friends of mine had, and uh, from what I understand, it gets just a little repetitive, as as do most of these like kind of indie isometric slash 'em up kind of games. Like you get a couple of weapons, you swap the weapons a lot, you level the weapons up. You know, there's enemies, but this one, you know, I think it stood out because of its fantastic art style, which is really cool looking, and like the way the world moves around you, like. You're walking between areas, and the platforms just, like, form under your feet. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, that fucking narrator. It's like, uh, I was gonna say, like, Sam Elliott, but it's not. It's like, you know, it's smoother than Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's a little too cowboy for that game. Uh, but it's... It's so weird having somebody just, like, persistently and, like, dynamically narrate the game that you're playing. Oh, <laughs> like, it's so good. I love it. I love the narration. Because, yeah. like, it'll narrate it even if you're, like, not progressing in the story, like... You know, John took some time to fuck around and smash open a couple of crates. It's like, yeah, okay. It's like, I wonder if, like, if you just wait around long enough, it's like, you know, this story really, uh, I'm telling you, it picks up here in a minute. He, uh, he gets moving again to the northeast. The northeast is where you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool feature and uh, interesting presentation. But, uh, yeah, no, I never, uh, I never actually put my hands on it. 
I feel like I should, though, because I think this just came out for Switch. Oh, did it? Um, yeah, I think it came out, like, in December for Switch, and it's, like, perfect for Switch, like, this kind of game. You just want to, you know, have in that little handheld while you're, like, you know, I, you know, see it. I always think when somebody says something's perfect for Switch, for some reason I think you want to have it in the little handheld form so you can play it while you're also watching something on TV. <laughs> like, and I don't think that's necessarily this, because this game's got fantastic fucking music, and it's got that persistent narration, so it's not the kind of thing you just want to tune out. Um, I mean, to be fair, I feel like most games are perfect for Switch because perfect for Switch basically boils down to I want to play it on a TV, but also I want to play it anywhere. Yeah. Like, and that's basically every video game ever. Right, exactly. So He has a point. He's right. I mean, you know, yeah, that's why this whole perfect for Switch thing, it's like, uh, yeah, it shouldn't. I'm trying to think of a game that wouldn't be perfect for Switch. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's perfect for Switch. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, it's a good it's a good system. <laughs> um, but yeah, John. So uh, you know, tell us uh, tell us more about Bastion. Uh, you know, developed by uh, Prolific Studio, I assume. Uh, Super you know, giant big games. S- Super giant. Super giant. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, and they've done a ton of things. I assume they're a uh, super giant. That's the name of the game. Like, yeah, they're still around. Um, yeah. And the, the soundtrack was composed by Darren Korb. And I do think this soundtrack is fantastic because it kind of mixes like it sounds a little Western, but it's still got kind of like repetitive beats of more mm, like, like like it's got the heavy drums of what you expect when you're watching some kind of fantasy epic movie, right? Like watching Game of Thrones. There's always like somebody on a bunch of drums getting ready for war kind of shit going on. Yeah, and like that's what's going on here. <laughs> but there's a little bit of cowboy going on too. It's it's kind of cool. Cowboys with war drums. Now like, we're talking. Yeah, like <laughs> like Clint Eastwood riding dragons, right? That's kind of what I'm picturing. Okay. That is everything is I've like ever wanted in, in a video game. <laughs> no, there's no Clint Eastwood versus John Wayne on dragons. All of that would be amazing. I mean, there was a time when that would have been amazing. I'm glad. Yeah, you know, I personally have canceled Clint Eastwood. Um, but, I don't uh, know. 90 year old Clint Eastwood riding on a dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Dude. I was just Back in 2011. John Wayne on a, he wasn't quite I was canceled. imagining John Wayne on a dragon, like the way that dragon bucks and weaves against the air current. Like, no wonder he walked that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, partner, we're gonna circle the wall. What? <laughs> oh, this new season God. of Game of Thrones is gonna be stupid. No, 90-year-old Clint Eastwood God. smuggling drugs over the border with a dragon. That's what I want to see. Oh, God, no. See, it was 2011, so what would that be? Like, his... Like Grand Torino days, or like, uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. You know, get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, with a dragon. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, old man. I've got a dragon. Okay, yeah, yeah, we don't All want right. no trouble. Yeah. The kids left the lawn immediately, not looking for trouble. <laughs> now, uh, at, one, at one point, where the dragon get into an argument with an empty chair? Ooh, yeah. See, that's that's the real part of the game. Where this is the game story really kicks in. It's when you have to argue in an empty chair. <laughs> no, see, that's that's part of the story. Is all of a sudden you cut <sighs> to like Clint Eastwood talking about mounting his mighty steed, and it's just a saddle in a chair, and you're left wondering if the dragon is actually real or if it's all just a figment of Clint Eastwood's imagination. <laughs> so it's like Peach Dragon. <laughs> Peach Dragon starring Clint Eastwood. <laughs> 
That's Bastion, all right. <laughs> that's that's, that's it, all right. quote. Ship it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, so it's not that at all, is it? Uh, it's, Are there any dragons in Bastion? Right, that's my question. Is there any dragon <laughs> even in the game? Like, I don't think so. <sighs> so the overall Dang, plot John. is that. Um, it's got kind of a, you know, in the time machine, you had the people that lived underground and the people that lived above ground, they were at war. It's got that kind of thing going on as a backdrop. Um, and it turns out that the, the Bastion, which is a thing you have to restore to un- maybe undo the Calamity, that's what you're trying to do, uh, may have been a weapon to fuck up the underground people. Um, it's one of those games where you get, you get some choices, like some hard choices you gotta make. At a few points in the mm. games. Like, oh, here's this dude that, like, uh, he's kind of the enemy, but, you know, you can save him anyways, or you can say, fuck him. You know. Yeah, and the right that choice sounds is like a hard save. choice, John. Yeah, <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> I was going to say, John, what did you choose? Yeah. I didn't get fuck that far. Yeah, you, you really, <laughs> you really had the kid just... decided to fuck him. <laughs> oh. The choice was dripping in pathos. John really hit home the importance and the emotionality of the story, <laughs> and decided <laughs> whether or not to fuck that other character. <laughs> uh. I'm just amazed that we were able to get Sam Elliott for the show. You know. <laughs> Why? Thank you. <laughs> I really, I wasn't trying to do Sam Elliott. I was trying specifically not to do Sam Elliott, but hey, here we are. Um, yes, Academy Award nominee Sam Elliott will be joining us for the remainder of the show. Um, it's about damn time. Uh, yeah, dude, this game, yeah, it's cool. It looks cool. It's, uh, it looks cool. It sounds cool. I assume it plays okay. You know? Yeah. Like, you know. I'm gonna have a good time beating everybody up. I'm definitely gonna give this a, I'm gonna get this reinstalled and play it again. Yeah, I might have to check it out on Switch. Like it sounds like uh, sounds like one of those things. If they're not trying to charge me a premium price for a Xbox Watch eight-year-old game at this point, <laughs> you know, I'd pay. You know, sound because I think it got like great reviews back in the day. Like I think it was kind of universally like, yeah, this game's dope. So, you know, is is ten bucks reasonable for a you know really fucking good eight-year-old game? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I'll have to check out that eShop and see what they want for it. Because uh, I feel like this was all. Yeah, that's why this one got so popular. It was like around, not around the inception of uh, like downloadable games, but it was one of those like things that kind of like started legitimizing like downloadable games and indie titles. It's like, oh yeah, this. Uh, you know, we don't need a disc for this. Everybody can download this, and this game's fucking great. Like, so I don't know. I might be talking out of my ass. John realized he might have been talking out of his ass when he was making that last point, and you know that he hadn't. Not much left to say about Bastion, so he asked John if there was anything else he had to say about Bastion before moving on to game two. It's an issue of perspective, because for me, downloadable (laughs) games are always legitimate, because I feel like on PC, they've been legitimate for a long fucking time. But from the console perspective, downloadable games were not very legitimate until... John made the jerk-off motion with his hands as John started talking about the PC Master Race. (laughs) Game two. Okay, cool, thanks.
All right. So, this game was developed as part of its company's first internal game jam. And in the year that it was released, it was one of two games that featured the same fantastic composer.
really enjoyed this theme, man. I'm so glad I got something that really tied into the Indiana Jones series in such an important way. So how are you guys feeling? Uh, so good, obviously. Good. Johnny is drawn... I assume it's a picture of Indiana Jones holding a whip. Mm-hmm. Wow, John, that's a really depressing drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, David oh, says, a hat in time, which is unfortunately incorrect. Jesse has the correct answer. It's Snake Pass. Hell yeah, guys. Um... Man, yeah, so Indiana Jones games, game about snakes, it made sense. Why did it it have to be about snakes? Exactly, you know, Snake Pass. Why did it have to be Snake Pass? It's probably what the guys at Sumo Digital were asking themselves when they were finishing up Snake Pass and getting ready to release it. It's like, wait a minute, why did we make this? (laughs) Oh, no wonder, okay. I just looked up who the composer to Snake Pass was. Like, that's why it sounds so familiar. Okay. So Snake Pass is a weird game for Nintendo Switch and other systems. I assume it's on several different things. Uh, You play as a snake named Noodle. Get the fuck out. Yeah, right? No, you think that, you know, based on the name, you just got to pass by some snakes. No, 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 no. You are the snake, and you have to go through the Snake Pass. Uh, So, yeah, you're playing as a snake named Noodle, and... There is no, from the time that I've played real, like, uh, urgent objective to the game. Like, you're a snake, and you have to crawl and collect some stuff, and you have to, like, slither around some poles to collect some other stuff and solve some puzzles using your snake slithering skills. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) So, (laughs) it reeks of game jam, like... Yeah, hey guys, uh, let's just brainstorm on some stuff. It's like, I've been working on this, uh, this little demo here. I uh, call it Snake. <laughs> Is that just the phone game from, uh, from your Nokia there? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a different Snake game. Uh, you play as a snake in 3D. What, you know, what if Snake from the phone, but wait for it, 3D. <laughs> but we don't own that character. Isn't that a Konami character? <laughs> yeah. How about a game featuring Snake? Oh, no, that, you know, the, the, the rights acquisition would be too crazy. Just make it a Snake. Fallen um, Snake Pass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Can so we... it's, it's, a, it's a really laid-back game. You just you're crawling around as a snake. Like you have to, uh, if you you hold down like the like the right trigger button to go forward, and you move around the left uh, stick, and like you don't move very fast. It tells you at the tutorial level like you have to slither back and forth with the stick to fucking like gain speed. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be one of those games. <laughs> like it's gonna be a really weird fucking like. 3D snake controlling game. Okay, I see how it is. And then there's like buttons to lift the head so that you can like slither up poles or like lower your head so you can swim down into things. Um, I've heard it's actually a pretty cool game. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's just, it's got this laid back vibe. Uh, there's no, like, I don't, I didn't get to a part where there were, like, enemies or anything. The, I think the whole challenge comes from, and I think it's on purpose, the confusing-ass, like, controlling of a snake. Like, cause there's, like, a gravity and physics system in play where, like, you know, if 
if you're not like we, you know, uh, coiling your way around the sticks right, like there are parts where there's no ground and you'll fall and you have to like restart the area, that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, this uh, <clears throat> this better be a short game because I like I was playing it a little bit this week in the lead up to this, and I'm like, I don't know how much more of this I got in the tank. Like, just fucking frustrating 3D snake slithering game, like. It's cute. The the levels are nice. It's got the jungleish setting, and you know the, the the soundtrack is just fantastic and just you know suits the game perfectly. And uh, you know, I feel like this is where most of their development money probably went, or they they had a favor that they could uh, redeem from legendary video game music composer David Wise. Um, really? Yeah, he they just a, whipped his. Whipped his sticker brush symphony all over Snake Pass, and it's just a delightful soundtrack. They had like fifty thousand dollars in budget, and forty thousand went to paying David Weiss to do a soundtrack. <laughs> exactly, and the the rest went to snake licensing rights, and then they didn't even <laughs> use that snake. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh. I, you know, I, I haven't gotten very far in the game, but like even in just the first few levels, I'm like, mm, yeah, these uh, these obstacles, like, mm, these are, uh, <laughs> oh man, fuck this, <laughs> like, it's uh, it's just so tricky, and like it's you know again like the challenge of the game is like mastering the fucking controls because it's just. It's mastering the controls also in combination with the camera because, like, the way the snake's head moves, it's uh, dependent on where the camera is. Like, if you're if you press down on the joystick, the ca- the snake's head always moves towards the camera, you know, and up moves it away. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a game of like slithering and coiling and camera manipulation and the correct button pressing. It's fucking, it's like, you know, it's got to be this crazy. Because, again, there's, like, there's nothing else going on. It's, like, a nice-looking, like, you know, terrarium that you're playing in. And the only thing it has going for it is confusing controls and a David Wise soundtrack. It's cool, It sounds like a a very intense version of a laid-back afternoon. Right, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't have to be too challenging, because, like, you know, some, like, you have to get, like, three keystones to unlock the next level or whatever. And, like, uh fucking, you know, like, they're not that, they're not super challenging to get, but then each level also has, like, five, like, challenge coins in it, and it's got a bunch of little, like, blue orbs that are, you know, uh, I think they're left over from the original version of the game. Like, you collect them, and it's just kind of for completionist's sake. It doesn't do anything. But I was reading about it, and in the initial version, they were like, okay, so, like, the snake should get bigger as you uh, collect more things. And then they scrapped that completely because it just made, like, development way too complicated. I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> like, yeah, this fucking, you know, crazy long snake thing, it works on a Nokia, but man, it's really presenting challenges for this physics engine. <laughs> like, we, uh... No, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, uh... It's, uh, it's cool. It's, uh, it was on sale on the Switch eShop this week, and I knew it had a David Wise soundtrack, which was why I bought it, played it, listened <laughs> to it, and it's on the show tonight. Like, yeah, this game, you know, your mileage may vary, but for me, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to knock this one out. It, you know, I got it for like, you know, I think it was eight bucks. It's like, yeah, this game's worth eight bucks. So, you know, charming snake game with a David Wise soundtrack and, you know. I don't know, man. I, I like a bright, colorful game with no, like, even, like, you know, semblance of enemies or conflict. Like, 
you know, the snake's conflict is with the rock before him and the stick. <laughs> if you smell what the rock cooking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Say, when Do you, you smell what rock. snake pass is cooking? Because it's delightful snake-based puzzling. Uh, Do you mean yeah. a literal rock or Dwayne Johnson? Because Ex- I would play a game about a snake trying to fight Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, man. Take the snake. Mm, see, David doesn't know who that is. But, I'm uh, aware of Jake the Snake. That's what's his what last I name? call That's my penis. Wrestler, <laughs> yes. Jake the Snake Wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would uh, I would like that new uh, Hobbs and Shaw movie if uh, there were giant snakes involved. That would be pretty cool. Like, uh, you, know, you spin off the Fast and the Furious, you add some snakes, it's not really Fast and Furious anymore. It's uh, the Fast you know, and the Oh, yeah. Which... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the show on a very brief tangent because I watched that trailer for Hobbs and Shaw. It's like, wait, this is a Fast and the Furious movie, right? Why is there a cyborg as the villain? Like, when did these movies stop being about car racing and go completely into ridiculousness? They were never uh, like, about car like racing. Like four movies ago. Yeah, okay. no, Deep down. It, you, know, I, I, you know, my problem isn't necessarily with the addition of a cybernetically enhanced Idris Elba to the series. My problem is that it's a series about family. And, you know, (laughs) to make a fucking side story with those two chuckleheads, it's like, okay, no, no, no. Fuck this. You know, frankly, the series should have ended after one of the main family members died, but that's uh, that's beside the point. The series is going to keep going. It makes too much money. But no, you don't make a side story without the family. It's a series about family. Like, you know, come on, man. And, you know, and you know, you know, whatever. I don't want to get off on the family fucking Fast and Furious tangent. But, you know, Jason Statham was too bad of a guy to be redeemed. He shouldn't be part of the crew. He killed one of the family members. <laughs> anyway. Possible, possible episode title, Fast and the Furious Family Tangent? I feel like I feel like you may have listened to a podcast that I listened to this week. Uh, you know, I might listen to that podcast, but I had those opinions before I listened to that podcast. The podcast just confirmed the oh, opinions. Okay. It's like, oh, good, these guys are like me. <laughs> they they know this, this fucking movie series is about family too. Anyway, Snake Pass is not like the Fast and the Furious. It really is the polar opposite. At no point do you steal any DVD players. You don't fucking... There's no street racing. I think there is ultimately a time trial mode. But even then, I don't think it's very fast. I think it's just still slow snake action. Uh, and delicious David Wise yeah. tunes. So, uh, yeah, man. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't know yet if I recommend it. I think I'm going to finish it before I tell you guys to buy it. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you don't like difficult-to-control, like, weird indie games, then you're not going to like this game at all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll That's see, fair. man. But in the meantime, uh, let's rappel down the side of the building like Hobbs and Shaw in that fucking awful trailer. And, uh, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll keep going to the next game. Game
Alright, so the concept for this game came out after prototyping several ideas by the developers. Uh, according to the creative director, they came to the theme of, quote, What happens when you face defeat and have to come back to, uh, from it the next day, look your friends in the face, look yourself in the mirror, and deal with the consequences of the decisions you've made? Well, Johnny, it sounds like your game. Who's got answers for me? Alright. So David says, um, Untitled Goose Game, which is a very good guess, but incorrect. Uh, Jesse says Spelunky, which is incorrect. And John says Pyre Festival, which is correct. No, the game's just Pyre. Yeah. But let's, I don't know anything about Pyre. Let's talk about Fire Festival and how fucking crazy that was. <laughs> no, I no. shouldn't have gotten us off on that tangent so quickly. <laughs> no, so this is... Like we're going to say, like, let's talk about Untitled Goose Game, because I'm all ready to discuss Untitled Goose Game. Untitled so Goose Game looks great. Is that, unti is that on Goose Switch? <laughs> it's supposed to be coming out. I don't think it's out just yet, um, but I can't wait for it to come out. He just plays an angry goose and fuck with an angry groundskeeper. In Pyre? No, in no, Untitled Goose game. game. So Pyre is another uh, game from developer Supergiant Games. We're having two Supergiant Games games on tonight's show. Fantastic. Uh, also with a soundtrack by Darren Korb. Oh, wow. Really Korbed it up. Um, yeah, no, that's good, man. Uh, oh, and know, this is our this, fan uh, request from Dire Crow on our Discord. Oh. Is that where it came that's from? Funny. I thought that's where it came from. Uh, uh, apparently, it came from the Discord as well as somebody requested it like ages ago, and nobody touched it. So, oh, it's in the queue, but somebody recently requested it in the Discord. Dire Crow. Okay. Right. Yeah, I was going to credit it to Emily Colvin from Facebook. 
Uh, that's whose name is next to it in the queue. But it's all good. It's pie in one way or another. Uh, you know, man, what a game that we all know what it is, right? And and with that title, it tells you everything you need to know, right? So it's just I tried, like Bastion. <laughs> I tried watching some. So first, I tried reading the description of Wikipedia, and that just left me more confused than before yep. I started reading. Because the description mm-hmm. on, on Wikipedia is like the story is told through uh, on-screen narrative passages that include a hyperlink type system. Like hi- like links on web pages, hyperlinks. No, the, you know the game just has fucking like you know anime like Fire Emblem esque like back and forth dialogue scenes, and you get to choose like branching dialogue paths. That's all it is. Like it's just <sighs> interactions between characters. That you know, sometimes the way things are worded on Wikipedia is really fucking unnecessary. <laughs> like yeah, because then hyperlink you know. itself was a link, and I click it, and it's like yeah, hyperlink like link on a web page. I'm like, what the yeah, fuck I'll is tell this you what game? A hyperlink is. <laughs> <laughs> no, from what I understand, this is like a weird, you know, it's like a kind of sports like arena battle game, but it also has like a like a good story in between. Like it's a it's an arena sports game with like, you know, anime character cutscenes that apparently are pretty good. That's pretty much what I know about it. <laughs> and it's called Liar and it's got a great soundtrack and it's from Super Giant Games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> watching yeah. some video, it looks pretty sweet be honest with you yeah no it's uh i think it's you know taking some inspiration from their other games like uh you know bastion you got a little slashy action you got a couple of weapons this one you probably get a bunch of customizable characters and using different abilities but it's in more of a sports arena setting uh you know we really should research these things before we bring them on the show not just play them because they have delicious soundtracks (laughs) from the uh, illustrious darren korb um (laughs) But yeah, so, uh, Fire Festival, though, um, <laughs> you know, what a couple of documentaries, you know what they should make, is a couple of documentaries about this game, to explain what the fuck it is, like, <laughs> See, I thought you were gonna say, um, what they should make is Fire Emblem Festival. That's also a good idea. <laughs> I yeah. think this is not just called like Smash Brothers. I feel like that's what that is. <laughs> At this point, yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> they're, you know, they're really crowding the other characters out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, nobody knows what the hell this game is. Uh, but apparently, it's very good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was on the verge of actually using this game, so I was, uh, you know, I was like listening to tunes and you know watching a couple of videos of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like, talking about, like, we really need to research these games before we bring them on the show. You know, I mo- almost used this game, still couldn't tell you fuck about it. Pretty much. <laughs> like, you know, the, like, if you look at a couple of YouTube reviews about it, it's just, like, fucking garbled up review speak, and then, like, you know, clips of colorful fucking burst effects going on. I'm like... You know, I'm sure this is good. <laughs> like, it's, it's got good great scores. reviews. Yeah, people seem to like it. Yeah, Metacritic gave it an 85 out of 100. That's solid. Yeah, exactly. Game but, that to in box quote. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> it needs to be on Switch. Fuck, it looks neat. It really does. Uh, you know, one thing I heard, though, one criticism that people have of the game, the multiplayer is local only. You can't go and, like, play online against uh-huh. people, which seems like a very odd decision for anything not released by Nintendo. Um, yeah. you know, I didn't yeah. know other companies still made local only multiplayer games. So. Yeah, the developers were apparently unsure if they would be able to finish the online, uh, portion of it in time to launch it. 
Yeah. And so well, the developers are a stupid company. And they've bop, never bop, successfully bop. made any good games. You are here first. I don't get right, it. Right click, add online. I'm just saying, yeah. Put a little battle net in the mix, man. It's nothing yeah. to it. Right click properties, uh, click the checkbox next to enable online play. You're done. Yeah. Internet options. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> apply. Like it's done. They forgot to um, click apply. That's where they fucked up. That's what it was. No, they see, didn't apply the changes. As they, as as they were admin. exporting the game, there was the little message box that popped up. This game does not have online play. Would you like to enable that? And they're just like, ah, eh, whatever. Skip. Yeah. Exactly. You know, they thought it was asking them to restart their computer to install updates, and so they just like postponed it, and then they launched the game anyway. It's like, oh how, fuck. How yeah. many times have I told you guys you always gotta read, actually read the pop-up boxes, David? <laughs> uh, yeah, super giant games, more like stupid giant games. Um, oh, burn on this great company. <laughs> Take that, you fucking wonderful company that makes games people love. Uh, <laughs> Take uh, that successful indie developer of multiple games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, the fucking you know, didn't want to, you know, add a couple of weeks onto your development time, add some online to your delightful ass game. All right, fine. You know, you got a confidence problem. I get it. No, uh, this game looks cool. Um, I would be interested in playing it because uh, I like silly, sporty games. I've been playing, you know, just fuckloads of Rocket League over the last several years. So you give me a. You know, kind of sports arena game, and you know I'm gonna play it. And then you add in, you know, anime cutscenes, apparently, and, you know, yeah, sure, fuck it. Like, you know, imagine Rocket League if there were anime cutscenes after every online match. Hell yeah. You know, that'd be dope. <laughs> Create your own little avatar. <laughs> in the match, like, after you score a league, there's just that little cutout of, like, the eyes coming in, like, yeah, dude. That would huh. actually be a really Bowl. nice touch. You just got me thinking about, like, Rocket League, but with big anime titties. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that so much. What would have the titties? The cars? <laughs> the cars they're just like bobbing Game on top ball. of the car. The car, the goal, the ball, the arena, oh, everything. <laughs> no, see, that's what it is. Instead of the, the Rocket League ball, it's just a single anime titty. <laughs> John knew that he had made a really unfortunate <laughs> reference, and he scrambled for a way to keep the show on track by bringing See, back a, a bit Four. from a previous game. Oh, thanks, Christ. <laughs> I'm still imagining, like, the anime eye cutscenes. Damn it, David! Game four! Game four! Game four. <laughs> <laughs>
this game. Aside from the voice acting, the soundtrack, and parts of the story, was created, designed, and programmed entirely by one person, who stated at Penny Arcade Expo 2013, quote, I originally wanted to make it a film, but then I thought, let's make something easier, like a video game. Who's got some answers slash guesses slash drawings of penises or anime titties? Oh, say, don't penises, please. It. Those are so last 142 episodes of Game That Tune. Alright, so, um, John Regan has a drawing of a stick figure with titties, which I presume are anime titties, but not quite. Uh, Jesse Moore says Undertale with a drawing of anime titties, and John Harrington says Kiro Blaster. No one is correct. This is Dust, an Elysian Tale. Is that the... Right, I forgot. Nobody got it correct, so I imagine, like, there was a sound effect to fill that gap. What? <laughs> that works. Is that the Fox game? I'm not sure what dust is, but it is some kind of anthropomorphic animal. Um, oh, okay. I was going to say, I, it's like dead skin cells, man. It's all over the place. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's a fox. He might be a rabbit. It's hard to tell because he has one of those, like, giant cone-shaped hats that cover most of his face. Anyhow, oh, um... Cool. This game is 
really fucking cool, and the whole reason that I chose this was for an excuse to talk about this game. This game is actually awesome. Um, it's a Metroidvania-style game, but instead of being, like, a shooting puzzle-based type, it's straight-up, like, hack-and-slash action, but combined with that, like, platforming exploration. And it's set in this weird fantasy world and everything, and the combat in this game is really well done and really stellar. Um, it's that sort of like combo based, you can parry your attacks, you've got multiple different combos to use. My personal favorite, um, I think it's light attack and then heavy attack, kind of knocks them in the air and then you jump up for a follow up and then it's light, light, heavy, heavy, uh, and you kind of hook your sword around them and then slam them into the ground and it's an incredibly satisfying attack to use. Cool. Nice. So, so I'm gonna, you say you don't know what animal the main character is? So the entire game, it's a like an anthropomorphic that style, like cartoony animal type. Um, I'm right. not sure specifically what he is, because also part of like the story of this game is the fact that the main character, whose name is Dust, has amnesia. Um, so you're trying mm. to like relearn your past and everything. Um, but I'm not, yeah, like, it's hard. If you look at a picture, like, most of oh, him yeah, is no, shrouded in mystery, so it's hard to tell. You basically have, like, that much of the ears, so he looks like a fox. He could possibly be a rabbit. Yeah, that's the thing. I was, like, looking at it, it's like, it's a fucking animal with a Raiden hat covering his or her, you know, face, except it's got ears sticking through it, so you still know it's an animal. And then it's got, like, a cool sword and a cape and stuff, and it's like, oh... Yeah, shit, I have no idea what that is. Like, I thought I was going to look at it and be like, David, you idiot, it's like a comet. Nope, there's nothing to glean from this. <laughs> like, How like, could you not tell that it's a... Oh. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> all of the, uh, you know, if you Google image search this, all the images are of, like, a weird orange cat thing that I think if I go much further than this, it's going to get sexual. Uh, uh, that would be you Fidget, know. your companion. Um, ah, yeah, it looks like a cat bat or yeah. something. So the um, the the story of the game is centered around like there's three main characters. There's Dust, who's the main hero who doesn't have his memories. There's Fidget, who's like a spirit fairy helper thing, and then the sword is living. So you find this magic sword, and Fidget is like the guardian spirit of the sword. Um, and that gets to kind of one of the weird things about this game is like the introductory tutorial sections the sword kind of says like oh yes dust you're a skilled combatant you can wield my power press this button to accomplish this like yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like if you're a skilled games, combatant you should be able to breeze through this tutorial right yeah. God. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like indie games especially the ones who are made by like one or two people like they either go the route of Let's handhold you and teach you exactly what you have to do, or fuck it, figure it out yourself. Um, right. And this game kind of goes to like, okay, let's stop everything, have a nice little scene, explain to you how to play the game, and then, okay, now you can play the game. Yeah, and so this game was developed by one person? Like, yeah. this, because uh, I'm looking at it, and is it very nicely animated? Like,. It looks really nice. <laughs> yeah. This game is gorgeously animated. Um, yeah, I'm, the fuck, man? <laughs> is it on I'm Switch? Not, it is. 
It, it was originally mm. on like Xbox Live Arcade, um, and then they ported it to PC, and it recently got ported to Switch, which is where I picked it up. Um, and yeah, the game, it's really fun. Like it's Again, it's got that Metroidvania exploration, but the combat is super satisfying to go through. And I think the weirdest thing is, like, he, the guy, let me look at his name real quick, because um, I want to give him, you know, all the proper credit in the world. Why are you looking that up? I'm looking at pictures of Fidget, and I guarantee you somebody's wanted to have sex with that thing. Oh, yeah, no, For that's sure. I mean, if I went further down the Google image search hole, it's, I mean, only a matter of time. I keep my safe search off, sir. And, <laughs> you know, oh boy, you know. So, Dean Dodrell... Um, he created this game, and like I said, he originally intended to make, like, an animated movie about this, and then said, fuck it, I'm gonna make a game. Which I think is really weird, because, like, the weakest part of this game is the story, so I don't, I don't know how this would have worked as a movie. Like, it's, it's not bad, and it's fully voice acted, and the voice cast does a really good job of it, but it's also, like... It's a fantasy world, and the main character is amnesiac, and then he goes to this village and kind of recognizes people, and maybe there's something bigger going on. Like, it's nothing new. Like, it's right. not I, the best story in the world, but damn, is I mean, it fun to play. In what way is a game easier to make than, a, like, an animated film? Like... Right? It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel well, like you know, animated film, uh, you, know, you don't have to, you can animate some things and make some things happen on screen and nobody has to be able to control them with a controller. It's just something that people can watch. So if you're just one guy drawing a bunch of stuff, seems like animated film would be easier to make than animated video game. Just spitballing here. <laughs> like, here's here's what, the difference. What's interesting is, hang on. I don't want John, to hear the real difference. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to stress this point. While looking up trivia, um, apparently Dean Dodrell, he had, like, very, very little coding experience whatsoever, and he was only, like, an animator. And as he was programming, like, the voices and the character portraits and, like, the cutscenes, there was a bug that crashed the game. So nice. he, like broke down and started crying about God, how am I going to fix this? I don't know what I'm doing, and then was able to make it work. Like, I don't understand how an animator thought I'll make a video game that'll be easier when he didn't know how to code. So, <laughs> I can speak from experience. That breaking down crying and being like oh God, what am I doing? How am I going to make this work? That's just called being a programmer. That happens to me probably once a month minimum. <laughs> 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 That's happened to you, and it's only been about GTT Radio, which is something of literal unimportance. So. <laughs> and uh. I will say, like, in programming GTT Radio, even with the simplest gifts, I have to think about, like, how to make things go and where they should go and blah, blah, blah. When you make a video game, the player decides where they go. Right. The player gets to control F4. You don't have to script that shit out ahead of time. <laughs> Still, like no player, you make it happen. Yeah. For those but. listening to us, uh, both live and in podcast form, we're discussing G GTT Radio, available at youtubecom GameThatTune, our 24/7 radio service. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. Uh, yeah, thank you to our over 1,000 subscribers. Um, but yeah, man, uh, no, this game looks cool. I like uh, I like anthropomorph anthropomorphized animals. <laughs> 
and so what's the like what's the action of the game? It's you know, you slash it up, it's an RPG, what do you got? Lots of giffing. It's <laughs> oh god damn it, I was hoping we could get through it without that. It is it, like it's it's a hack and slash game, but there are RPG elements, like you do level up your character and you can strengthen yourself. Um, and what's cool is uh, Fidget, your little magical sprite, has a magic attack that you can command. And it mm-hmm. starts off super, super, like, pitiful, but you can level it up. And then uh, Dust has an ability. Uh, I think you activate it with, like, the strong attack where he kind of spins the sword around. And you can use that in combination with the magic attack to make a bigger, like, she shoots out a couple magic projectiles. Your sword spinning sucks it up and shoots out, like, hundreds of them. So as you level it up, like, you can clear the screen just by using this attack combo. Uh, so it's it's very much action-oriented, hack-and-slash combo-based. So if you like action games or Metroidvanias, I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, if you like really strong stories and narratives in your games, <laughs> probably not the best game in the world, but yeah, I was gonna say, maybe it's watch a, a damn movie. fun game to play. <laughs> yeah, dude, sounds cool. Uh, you know, I like knowing about it, because I had never fucking heard of this until literally this moment. So, uh fun new indie game that's from Xbox Live days, but it's now on the Switch. Uh, yeah, I might have to check that out, because... Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's, yeah. like, $15 on Switch. Like, it's... Ah, too much. Well, it's well <laughs> worth the price of admission. It's yeah. it's a fun-as-hell game. No, it, yeah. I uh, I think I need to look into it, because, yeah, slash em up Castlevania stuff, or Metroidvania stuff with, uh, you know, cute anime characters in Raiden hats, like... Yeah, that sounds pretty good, man. <laughs> and so. I'm telling you, man, like, the animation is fluid, it's gorgeous, and that one attack where you just hook him with your sword and slam him to the ground, it's so goddamn satisfying. Yeah, dude. So cool. Um, you know, great game, cool music, and uh, if Johnny's done Googling Rule 34 <laughs> Fidget from Dust, I think it's time to move on to the final game of the night. Game 5. Don't do it, John.
Alright, so this game, um, it starts off, you can only use one squad of mechs, but uh, you can collect coins by doing achievements, and you can unlock up to nine squads of mechs. So, how are you guys feeling? Considering I'm not on the board yet. <laughs> okay. John says uh, nine squads of mechs. Uh, incorrect. Uh, John, Johnny had, I think, some question mark. Yeah. And uh, David is correct with Into the Breach. Sweet. Um, so, I'm assuming no one else has played this game. No. Safe bet. Uh, you know. Uh, is, that the, is that the Paul Walker movie from a long time ago where he's like a diver and he's going after 
Like a shipwreck with drugs in it? No, uh, this is way better. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, because that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Paul Walker is not in this game. Um, Rest in peace. Sadly. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what he could have added to it, but... Uh, yeah, but Into the Breach, it is a... Uh, it's a fun little game by the people who made FTL. Um, Ooh, that explains yeah. that soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, basically what it is, it's a game where it's far in the future, and giant bugs are attacking the Earth, and there are, like, these four, like, island nations, and, um, each one has, like, a different theme, like, there's, a, like, the regular one with, like, you know, green forests and stuff, then there's, like, the ice one, then there's the desert one, and then there's one that has a bunch of, like, acid and stuff, um, and so, yeah, it's weird. And I'm sorry, so, uh, did, did I miss you? Was that asses and stuff? No, no, acid. <laughs> oh, God, I really thought you said asses and stuff. It just kind of <laughs> moved on past it. I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Run it back. Say, it's like, wait, there's a mech game with asses? Suddenly, <laughs> you had my interest. Now you have my attention. <laughs> Gotta battle your mech squad into a bunch of asses. We have really gotten off on these terrible sex tangents tonight, I know, and I love it. Now we're going back into the breach. Yeah, oh. So that's the breach. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining like a, a squad of mechs with like giant exposed asses. Yeah, you just uh, I'm just imagining mechs with, but the Megazord is an ass. See, yeah, I was thinking mechs with great big mouths, and they just have to eat the whole ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's not what this is. So it's not asses, no. it's acid. Yeah. Uh, whole bunch of acid. And so, uh, basically, um, these giant bugs are attacking, and each stage... You're <laughs> going the asses. Yeah, you're, you have, like, five turns to basically survive... And you can, um, there's like many, uh, objectives to do in each level. And, uh, you have to protect the civilians and their buildings because they power your, uh, your mechs. So if you lose too many buildings, then game over. And, um, it's more of like a, because it, it plays like a strategy game, like a strategy RPG. But it's more of a puzzle game because, uh, there's a lot of like moving the bugs around. Like, rather than just killing them straight up, there's, like, you move them around, or you can, like, push them off cliffs and stuff, or or you can uh, stand over where they're going to spawn next. Um, or sometimes you have to make a decision, like, uh, well, maybe that one bug is going to hit that one building, but I can stop these other bugs from hitting other buildings and stuff. So there's a little bit of a... A lot of... Um, I don't know, it's very puzzly. And there are different mechs, like the different squads do different things. Like, um... Uh, one of them is about, like, freezing the enemy and stuff. Uh, there's one that uses acid attacks. There's one that, uh, they're all fireproof and they use fire and stuff. And they do different things, like fire, you know, burns them, but it also burns the land. So, like, if, uh, the mm. enemies get into the land, it burns them. And so you can plan your attacks like that. There's some uh, 
like mechs that don't even do damage they just like will switch places with other mechs or other bugs and and as you uh, progress through the islands um, you can upgrade your mech with different weapons or uh, it's kind of like if you've played FTL how you can upgrade your ship it's very similar to that um, and you can beat the game you can um, after you've finished two islands you can go ahead and go to the final stage or you can uh, like try to make it harder and do three islands and finish it or then do four islands and finish it but it, it's um, I will say if you want to check this game out play on easy because <laughs> okay. normal is a kick to the balls like I couldn't do shit on normal easy say, I'm like hey this game's super fun <laughs> right any penalty for uh, playing on easy no 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 yeah. no you still unlock uh, the other mechs and stuff with the coins um, it's just do you want to be uh, annoyed the entire time and frustrated, or do you want to have a little bit of fun? You know, right? Like it's it's still mm. challenging on easy too. Like, yeah. So well, I think it just speaks to a difference in philosophy with regard to games, Jesse. Uh, some people like to have fun. <laughs> some people like to be annoyed and frustrated. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's jeez. Uh, maybe it's just not your cup of tea playing games not for fun. Um, <laughs> No, nah, but uh, it, the game looks cool. I like, you know, uh, you know, it, it's. Uh, I didn't realize it was like uh, kind of, I don't know, cute. Like it's like a small grid thing, and it's just little enemies on it. And it's like, yeah, these are uh, cool sprite works, and you know, it's. Uh, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it's, it's very. Um, it's cool when you, you the uh, level starts. Like little uh, word balloons will pop up on the buildings, and depending on like, say you're using like the the rift walkers. You'll be like, hey, Dad, the Rift Walkers are out there. We'll saved, you know? And it, it, it kind of makes the world feel a little more alive. And and um, although at times it does feel very, very grim. Like, if you're fucking up, those bugs will fuck your day over. And you're you're just, uh, it'll <laughs> it gets dark. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm guessing this also just came out on Switch, didn't it? <laughs> um... I think, or last year, late last year, it was, um, a lot of people were, uh, talking, not last year, but the year before, a lot of, no, maybe it was last year, but a lot of people were talking about it in the, uh, running for game of the year. Hmm. So. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think it was 2017, yeah. Well, nobody told me, but, uh, it looks cool, man, I, yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, I never got into, I never dabbled with, uh, FTL or anything like that. I feel like I should play these at some point. They, uh, you know, seems like a company that makes cool games. And, uh, you know, I like those soundtracks, man. It's, uh, you know. Very good. Yeah, it's good, uh, good, good shit. Um, but yeah, uh, shit, man. Anything else on Into the Breach? Or, uh, are we headed into the calculating computer? Uh, you know, Jesse, anything else? Um, just another thing that's cool is there's, uh, once you unlock a few of the squads, you can do a customized squad. So you can, like, pick and choose the mechs you want. You could just do, like, three of one mech, which, uh, could be either super difficult or really easy, depending on which mech you choose. And so there are, like, a lot of replayability to the, the game. Um, I've spent way too much time playing on, on Switch because it's just a great game for it's definitely a great game to play while you're watching stuff on TV too because hey. <laughs> there's not like a whole ton of story you're just 
trying to make sure bugs don't it's a kill. It's like Starship Troopers with mech, you know? <laughs> yeah. So would you say, Jesse, that this game is perfect for Switch? Oh, it is perfect as fuck for Switch. Mm, man, we need a uh, we need a perfect for Switch sound. Like just some really big, dumb, obvious sound. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the one. <laughs> so the game, is it fun? It's perfect for Switch. Uh, awesome, man. Great pick. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I have that Johnny, sound for you tonight. It's hard for me to... I think it's time for us to head to the calculated computer. <laughs> Calculating computer activated. I'm just trying to say that Yoshi's Cookie is pretty good and you match cookies. Can I say that? Can I? No? <laughs> like, fuck, man. <laughs> Scoring complete. This game's winner is... John Harrington. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I it cannot a, believe that I won an indie game episode, but hey, here we are. <laughs> it was a tie between you and Jesse. And John, you had um, the nerve to share Rule 34 links in our Discord tonight, <laughs> which put you over the edge. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so I, you know, I I awakened something inside Johnny, and that gave me the win. <laughs> which which we, we re really need to clarify right now. Um, the winner is based on courage, not who shares the most porn. Please yeah. don't keep posting porn yeah, in our Discord chat. I'm realizing now, in hindsight, I really don't want to encourage Rule 34 links in our Discord. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. uh, you know, only when it's relevant to the game being discussed. So only spam us with Rule 34 links while we're doing the live show. Uh, please and <laughs> just, thank you. you just know. because you got an erection, Johnny, doesn't mean <laughs> give John extra points. I mean, it's cool, I mean, man. You know, really, this happened. just means <laughs> this just cool. means that John won because there is a lacking of Rule Thirty Four of mechs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Google oh, I'm it. Sure you can find it. Google Rule Thirty Four into the breach, and you know he didn't find a a forest of asses ready to be eaten by a mech. And uh, <laughs> you know, it was just it was a uh, he was a victim of his own expectations. I so anyway, found the yeah, episode I take title. it back. Episode title: Forest, forest of, of Asses. asses. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, my theme for the next episode. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, games with a forest of asses. No. Um, it, you know, so it's, uh, it's February, and, you know, I always try and think of uh, timely and fantastic themes. Uh, so next week, it's going to be Valentine's Day, and I'm not doing anything to celebrate that. Uh, so it's, uh, also next week, it's gonna be President's Day, it's gonna be Washington's birthday, it's gonna be Lincoln's birthday, they used to be two separate holidays, but now they're not. So, I was thinking, you know, games with the president in them, and then that led my brain into the correct answer. The the category next week will be games that take place in America. Um... It's, uh, yeah, the union is strong, uh, and, uh, the state of game that tune is fantastic. We're gonna have, uh, American games. That is to say, not games made by Americans, but games taking place in America. 
So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think we're going to have some fun games on next week's episode. And thank you all so much for listening tonight. We really appreciate everybody that watched along live with us. We're live every Wednesday night at uh, twitch.tv slash game that tune, youtube.com slash game that tune, facebook.com slash game that tune. Uh, we're live at you know 9 p.m. ish on Wednesday nights, and we appreciate you joining with us. A lot of great chatter in the chat room. Uh, head to gamethattune.com and find our Discord link and join us there. We love chatting with you guys. Thanks to everybody listening in podcast form. Uh, we come out on Wednesdays in podcast form in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We are now on Spotify, which apparently has podcasts, and they're making a big push. As part of that, they acquired Gimlet and they acquired Game That Tune. So uh, you know, <laughs> you it's going to be Game good. That Tune and Gimlet in the same sentence. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? <laughs> What's wrong with what you? What is it? <laughs> you know, Spotify's Both making on a- Spotify. Both start with G. I mean. Yeah. Basically the same, really. Uh, I've saying. never heard of that other one. <laughs> exactly. I know our podcast, but what are the what about this other media conglomerate? Um, but yeah, so you we're on Spotify. So check us out. There. It's only the best podcast ever. Hey, John, don't promote other podcasts <laughs> while I'm doing our promos. <laughs> Just you know, pro tips, slick. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, check out. Uh, thanks to everybody that checks out patreon.com slash game that tune. We've got awesome exclusives there. We've got GTT Gyms. We've got Jesse's Covered Up series. We do mixtapes from time to time. We do our live movie commentaries and then release them for you to listen to. We've got a live movie commentary taking place Tuesday or uh, Thursday, uh, February the 7th. That's tomorrow if you're listening right now, but in podcast form, it already happened. It's a live recording of the Mortal Kombat movie commentary. Uh, easily candidate for best video game movie of all time so far. And uh, I think it's going to be a blast. So join us uh, for that. Or if you're listening in you know, podcast form, check out patreon.com slash game that tune. Throw us a couple of bucks and listen to that fantastic commentary while you watch a fantastic video game movie classic. A uh, special thanks to our Patreon super fan tier producers. Alex Messenger, Lance Revere, and Damian Beckles. You guys are all fantastic, and we appreciate the support. Um, and yeah, thank you for our request tonight. That one came to us uh, in multiple ways. Uh, apparently, Pyre is in demand. It came to us, uh, it was in our request queue because of Emily on Facebook. It was in our Discord because of Dire Crow. Uh, but you can also send us a uh, request via email, gamethatune at gmail.com. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter at GameThatTune, or you can find us there individually. I'm there at JGangsta187. You can find John Regan on Twitter at JPRegan.jr. You can find Jesse Moore on Twitter at Sega underscore Legend. And you can find David Fleming on Twitter at DFD Fleming. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, you know, we're going home with uh, some tunes that tie into my theme for next week. Uh, it's a game that takes place arguably in America, some version of it. It's a fantastic video game music classic from Daytona, USA. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but, you know, Johnny, let's just have that rolling start, baby. Peace out, everybody. (laughs) Rolling start!
minutes. Disappointed. Not all eight minutes. Uh, Bastion is copyright 2011 Supergiant Games. Snake Pass is copyright 2017 Sumo Digital. Pyre is copyright 2017 Supergiant Games. Dust and Elysian Tale is copyright 2012 Humble Hearts. Into the Breach is copyright 2018 Subset Games. Play the rest of the six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the yeah. eight minute Daytona USA. <laughs> it's eight minutes, 47 seconds. It's closer to nine minutes. Fuck yeah, dude. I didn't look before I downloaded it. I was just like, oh yeah, there it is. Rolling start. <laughs> That's dope. Uh, good game tonight, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Good. We got to uh. share some Rule 34. We got to talk about anime titties. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think John was the only one in the um, multi-streamer chat because I shared some great Rule Thirty Four in there, and he's the only one that reacted to it. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, John. Because <laughs> I was not comfortable sharing in the Discord. Dave, did you look at that one of uh, Fidget from Dust sucking up a shopping mall with her penis? <laughs> um, I'll fix this. Hold on, let me send you a little something. <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. You know, I, uh... Mm, yeah, yeah, I'd suck a dick if it fucking, like, told me exactly what this game was and we could have a really good discussion about it. No, that's a fire Festival joke. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was yeah. like, jeez, I could just go look at Wikipedia and... <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, you know. Uh, no, John, John's taking one for the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, no, we gotta, we John, gotta maybe watch you should this. take one for the team, because nobody knows what the hell this game is. 